Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Lewis Hunt for Boxing Social in association with Empire Fight Store and Forged Irish Stout. Delighted as ever to be joined with Dave Colbo. It's been a while since we caught up, mate, but how's things been? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Been uh, been busy, busy in the gym. I'm just in the car park here. My boy's just warming up. He's going to be training in a bit. So, um, yeah, managed to managed to fit this in 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 between. Absolutely, I do appreciate him. I do appreciate uh, a commitment in That's the right, car. Um, as you said, it's a busy, busy week, uh, busy couple of weeks coming up for you. Um, Ebony Bridges out on the 9th of December. Um, obviously got a few a few yeah. other stable out. Um, we'll start on Ebony. Um, look forward to her return on the 9th of December. Yeah, it's um, it's been it feels like it's been a while coming. Um. Obviously, we, I don't know how long we've been working together now. We've been working for a, for a few months now. Um, it's always good to have a, a fight day um, and to have something you know you're working towards. Um, we've had a lot of a lot of time in the gym together now, so uh, it's you know it's just a case of gelling, getting things together, and um, yeah, she's she's in a good spot. She's in a good spot. She really is. Looking forward to it. We go out um, next weekend, and the next weekend we we fly out. We're gonna do. I think we're gonna do about ten days in in Vegas first. Uh, finish off a sparring out there. Stephen Cairns is coming out with me as well, so he's gonna get some sparring out in Vegas, and um, and then we'll go over on Fight Week over to San Francisco. Doing that, do you feel like the benefits of going out early for a, sort of for a camp where you're like two weeks out, you go out to America, get adjusted to to the sort of the climate, um, the sort of sleeping schedules? Do you find that benefit as a coach, sort of taking your fighters out a little bit earlier to get used to it? Yeah, I mean, I've I've had quite a few fighters uh, and been involved in quite a few fights out in America now. So we've always kind of done that. Um, uh, yeah, you just want to get you want to get comfortable. Get you know, I think I think there's a we fly from Vegas to San Francisco and it's about an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes, something like that. So it's that's nothing. Um, the connecting flight that's nothing. Um, but Vegas, um, she's been before. I've been before. There's a lot, you know, in terms of gyms, um, uh, there's a lot more 
uh, for us, a lot more options for us out there rather than just going and spending two weeks in San Francisco. Um, so we'll just, like I said, we'll just head over there on, on fight week. Um, once the training is done, uh, we'll, we'll literally, she'll have her last session on the Tuesday and then we'll, we'll go over to, to, uh, to San Fran then really. Um, but yeah, just to get, just to get used to everything and, and, and to get comfortable over there. That's what, you know, that's what, um, we're going to be doing. For yourself and Ebony, um, been working together since sort of about sort of summertime in the UK, um, working towards this day. Um, how important is this fight for yourself, for her to really show that she's gelling all the things you worked on in the gym and sort of getting her confidence back up after suffering a few injuries? Yeah, she, it was a bad, a really bad hand injury. Um, right hand, yeah, it was it was a really bad injury, but there's you know it's completely healed now. Um, but obviously, when you when you've been out for such a long time, then it's it's kind of like especially something that's not you know she's not I don't, no no I know she's world champion but she's not over the experience is she do you know what I mean yeah definitely and, and and so it's it's like it's like first fight again it's like starting all over again really and plus you know the, there's there's been a big move in a in a personal life moving up from London to uh, to Sheffield where she's living now um just the whole settling and everything so I mean I'm glad in a way that that she has had um, I think because originally she was supposed to be fighting in, in something like eight weeks, eight nine weeks, you know, of a of a coming. There was that was the option, but it was like it was too much. It was too much to move, to settle into you know to Sheffield, settling with a new coach, and then to fight all within eight weeks. It was way too much. Um, not enough time, too much to do. Um, so that's why she didn't fight. So you know, originally around around that sort of time, but um, and then it was just a case of getting a date that'll, that'll fit her in. Because the thing is, you know, these days in boxing, is is it's kind of like you're in a queue system. You get your date. If you can't do that date, you've got to wait until there's another opportunity. And as as it's worked out, you know, she's on a she's on a, a massive massive event in in Haney versus Progress. It's a fantastic fight. Um, you know, so and and also she is is a, you know, it's another box ticked for her. She wants to be on the big shows and uh, you know, boxing in America, boxing over here. She wants to be in the big shows, and she's quite fortunate that she's getting this opportunity. So she wants to go out there and 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 deliver a, a good performance. Um, I want her to just, I want her to go out there and not try too hard, and just to just to let things flow. What she's been working on in the gym. Um, and ultimately, they get the knockout. Absolutely. We'll just move on from one say one of one party stable to another. Uh, Hopey Price, we did see him successful in Sheffield a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. Obviously, thankfully now everything with Conor Cocker is sort of seems like it's yeah. on the up, um, which is obviously a positive yeah. thing. Um, also, we did see on the weekend um, Nathaniel Collins uh, putting a, a good yeah. performance, a win that Hopey is mandatory for. Um, is that a fight that you're definitely excited and looking at for potentially 2024? Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty four is going to be a, a great year. It's a um, you know, it's part of his part of his development. It is is these great domestic fights and is mandatory for the British. Um, I want to say, you know, I'm I'm absolutely gutted for Connor. Um, you know, he put up a, a fantastic fight, and I feel as though he kind of arrived on the domestic scene that night. Um, and to have it take is, you know, listen. First and foremost, he's all right. Thank God, he's fine. He just can't box. Um. I believe he's going to go into coaching and things like that. So, so that, that's that's great. That's great to hear. But um, I'm I'm gutted for him that he can't, you know, chase his dream. But he got to experience a big fight 
on on TV on a big show, and he he, he put in a, a fantastic performance. So he's you know he's um, uh, signing off, although it's premature, signing off on his own career um, is is a very you know is a very good way to sign off as such um, as good as it can be sort of in in, in circumstances. Um, and so I, would, I just want to wish him luck going forward in his coaching career and and uh, you know because he's a young kid you know in, in in a few years time he's going to be one of these these that are coming through that are you know developing good talent and and having a great career uh, as a as a coach going back to Hope coming off the back of that that I picked Conor Kogel because he's a southpaw and because Hope he's not fought a southpaw since he was 16 I think the last person he got beat by was a southpaw um and I wanted him to face a southpaw in a real fight, not just a southpaw journeyman or international opponent that's going to, you know, give a couple of problems for a couple of rounds and then just settle into a, a losing mode. Um, I wanted somebody that was going to, you know, hungry, going to test him. And a 14 and 0 Conor Kogel certainly did that. And the problems that I wanted Hopi to fight at face early doors, the southpaw stance, getting things, you know, just getting comfortable and everything, um, he, he, he got. And my thing isn't about getting off to a great start and being in control, but then at the back end of the fight, shit starts going wrong. I haven't got a problem is if, if you know, there's a few problems early doors and, and you have to be patient, you have to use your brain, you have to do what we work on, and then you suss it. And in the second half of the fight, you then pull away. And that's how I saw it with, with Hopi. I mean, you know, I thought he won the first round. I thought he lost two, three, four, and maybe five. Um, and then... Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's that's what I'm talking about, and that's how we. Because Hope is not a, you know, he's not a one punch knockout merchant, but it's hard enough. But he's not one punch knockout merchant. But he needs to be able to be comfortable in the longer rounds, in you know, the mid to to, to the end of the rounds. He needs to be able to to start a stamp his authority on those sort of fights, and that's you know, and that's what he did. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely for sure. And um, one thing I did want to touch on is you tweeted yesterday. Um, it was thirty-three years to the day since you stepped yeah. in the Ingle Gym. Um, you know, for yourself now, you've been coaching at the top level. Um, you know, you've been at the top level of boxing. When you stepped in those doors and the journey that followed from that, how much do you feel like you grew and le- learned as a person to the, the person that you are today? Do you know what? Um, I still, I still sometimes, I never take it for granted what I'm doing. I love what I do. I love everything I do in boxing, the training, the 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 you know, the time that I spend with the fighters, coaching, develop seeing the developments, um, some of the frustrations. Uh, it's all part of it. I love the managing and guiding, you know, people's careers. Um I'm just so lucky. I'm I'm I I think back to the kid that I was and and how my life used to be before I walked through those doors. And this is why I see there's a lot of kids out there that, that are struggling. A lot of kids, you know, they've got no goals, no passions, no dreams. Then there's the kids that that are, you know, struggling at home, not, not getting with parents, stuff at school. I've experienced all that. And and at the lowest of the low, I walked in through those doors. And, and genuinely, I walked in, there's two doors in the ingles. I've walked yeah. through the first, it took me a while, and I walked through the second. I took about three steps in. I looked to my right, and it turns out he's a diamond of a fellow, he's a good friend of mine still to this day. Paul Stinger Mason was a was a pro back then, a super middleweight. I'd never been in a gym before. He's doing this squat with a with a barbell on his back. And when you're doing squats, 
you growl, don't you? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I just look and I just see him, this fella, fucking tank, growling at me. I shit myself and I just walk straight <laughs> back out. I just thought, fuck that, I can't do that. Oh, and then I remember I had a real battle of wills because I, I, I was just, I had no confidence, I had no belief and, yeah. and I just thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I'm on my own. And um, probably 10, 15 minutes, I'm battling myself. And eventually, I walk back in. Yeah. And walking back in, I genuinely, what, what I said in my tweet, genuinely, that changed my life. And it is the best, most important decision I've ever made in my life. Because everything that I've got now, and I include my wife, my family, my kids, everything. Everything that I've got now is all because I made that decision. Because the way that I was, I remember when when Brendan first introduced me to somebody to do to do an interview, and they come and it was a like a radio interview, so there's no cameras, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. Put me and, and I just started sweating, and I was yeah, that yeah. kind of person, and I and, and I used to like follow people like Johnny and Johnny Nelson and Paul Silky Jones and Clifton Mitchell around in the gym, and when the the speech here. I'd been I'd been trying to think about what I'm gonna say so I didn't seem as though I was an idiot and 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 yeah. so did like me and I, and I was so so like lacking in confidence and then over the years and 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 spending time in the gym and and just what boxing did for me um to any kid that's out there honestly I, you don't have to have a fight you don't have to you don't even have to think about it. I never thought about it as having a fight I started boxing because I thought right I'm gonna I'm gonna one by one I'm gonna get old bullies back and I yeah. just wanted to get some confidence. But I never, never even imagined about having a fight. I never imagined about having a career in, in boxing. I just did it because I wanted to get some confidence, and it it led to led to everything else. So you know, I'd always, I'd always back boxing. You know, these MPs and people. I, I look at, I look at what's happening with kids in in this country. You know, this, I'm I'm here at this uh, Batley Sports and Leisure Centre. It's a great facility. You know, the football, there's there's tennis, there's everything here. Fucking council are closing it down because yeah. of money, and it's like these are the things that they're doing all the way around the country. These these local councils are, are closing down facilities for kids, and you know, listen, boxing is one of the cheapest things that people can do, you know, and the needs, you know, people like being governments and stuff. The kids do with knife crime that leads on to gun crime to all this sort of stuff. You've got to let kids have more access to boxing, you know. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to have them be if you don't want your kid getting punched in the face, don't have them punched in the face. Body sparring gives you that same sort of same sort of um courage, same sort of uh confidence and enjoyment, and then that camaraderie in, in the gym and uh, amongst each other, you know. Get get boxing in schools. Half of the half of the stuff that you do in schools, it's not gonna be relevant when they leave school. The way the world's going, half of the stuff, all they do is the same shit every year, the same shit every year. And they don't teach you about finance. They don't teach you about managing issues and problems and, and, and your money and keeping out of debt. They don't teach you about debt. They don't teach you about none of that. Mm -hmm. You just stick to what they want to do. The same old bullshit that has no effect and no preparation for when you leave school. You've got time to be able to stick into curriculum, some boxing. And that will do the discipline. It'll do the confidence. And that's, that. I'm, I'm quite, you know, looking at looking at my life 33 years ago to what it is now, that's boxing. And and so if it did that for me, there's so many more people that are more confident than me anyway now, yeah. it, it'll do the same thing. Do you know what I mean? 
definitely. And with you mentioning that there, and you think about the experiences of how much, you know, the Ingle gym and Brendan had an influence on your life. How much do you feel yeah. like he's done for the city of Sheffield where, you know, it's not just you, you know, so many other guys. And um, you talk about oh, sort of man. the way... There's, 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 there's thousands. Listen, as you get older, you appreciate the people of your past a lot more. Um, I fell out with Brendan years ago. Um, listen, he wasn't, he wasn't perfect. And, and there's things that, same as me, everybody, everybody falls out with everybody. When you spend time with people that much, and then as they start developing, they start growing, you can't, sometimes you can fall out with people just through difference or opinions and things like that. And you become your own man and you don't agree with certain things. Things can happen. But as you're getting older and you start seeing the world a bit different, you start seeing how you develop people different and then you start aligning things it's like ah oh, right okay and you know i look at what brendan did even you know even in the time you knew you saw it, you hear about a handful of the people he dealt with coming into that gym yeah yeah you're talking about thousands and thousands of people that walked through them doors that never boxed but their lives improved because of yeah. what he did, because of the time that he spent in the gym and because of boxing, the lives improved. You know, he used to have us doing shit like, which at the time we were like, you know what we're doing this for? It's cleaning the streets, weeding, yeah. walking. And you you just, on the main road, people all going to Meadowall and things like that. And you're <laughs> there scrubbing or knelt, knelt down weeding and shit like that. People beeping, they're not even thinking, fucking hell, I hope nobody sees me. Right? Yeah. And it was embarrassing, but he was keeping the streets clean. And it's like, then you look at look at the majority of streets now and it's a shithole everywhere that you go, shithole. You go in town centres, shitholes, you know? Because you don't see it as what he's doing, but he's teaching you discipline. He's yeah, teaching you discipline yeah. and, and having pride, pride in appearance, pride in your in, in your environment. He used to say, if everybody just looked after the front of their property, their house, weeded, cleaned it, made sure there's no litter. If everybody did that, all the streets would be clean. Mm -hmm. But people don't do that, yeah. you know? And... Like I said, that's not boxing. That's not even boxing. That's just development. And the amount of people that had, that had, you know, been out of prison, coming to the gym, it turned their lives around and things. It's not just Brendan. I've seen, obviously as I've gone along, as yeah. I've got older, I've seen countless thousands of coaches up and out the country and amateurs. Thousands of them. They all do, and they all do it in their own way, guiding these kids and trying to trying to influence these kids for, to do something better rather than getting into trouble. Try, they're trying to save kids' lives and they're all doing it for, for subs and, and for free, yeah. you know? And, and there's a lot of good, good coaches. Um, but as, more importantly, there's a lot of, um, more of good, good people. And it, like I said, boxing doesn't get enough help from yeah. the powers that be, the people that have got the finances to be able to allocate money here, there, and everywhere. They'll do it for all bullshit but they yeah. don't do it for something that's that's genuinely, it's a fact. It's genuinely. I, I walked in, I took my little boy to a gym for the first time to box, have a boxing session for his first time last week. We walked in, there was 40 kids in there. Mm -hmm. There's 40 kids in there. And I'm just looking there, I'm looking, there's 40 kids in here, all young kids. I'm thinking, all these kids are in here, not bumming about on the streets. The, the longer that they can stay in here as the developer and they get through that development phase of their life, you know, starting teens, the longer that they're in there, 
the less chance that they're going to be one of these people that go around and stab some fucker that you keep hearing on news and stuff like that. Some, there was, I heard on news yesterday, I was in a car with my little boy, I think it was yesterday or day before yesterday, two 12-year-olds got done for, for stabbing a 19-year-old. Yeah. Two 12-year-olds, that's my boy's age. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like I said, the, the more opportunities that people can, like these local councils should set up and fund, allocate, help, whatever it may be for 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 a boxing gym and stuff like that in the communities, then you're going to get a percent. I'm not saying it's going to save the world. I'm not saying it's going to save every kid, but it's the percentages become more in, more in your favor. You know, every, every potential dickhead with a knife that's spending his time in a gym is one less victim out of there. Yeah. You know, outside the gym. And that's, that's what they've got to look at, but they're not asked because the, the, you know, all these people that make decisions, they probably don't live in areas where where there's somebody walking around with machete stuck down the, the trousers. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, that's it, isn't it? That's, I feel like what you're saying there, that's yeah. the thing. It's a, the, the divide is like from the, the top level from what you're saying there to the working classes. It's, it's people that could they don't understand reality. Do you know what I mean? No, but you see that in every decision they make. But but this is something where it's quite... It's, it, it, you're not asking for... For billions or millions to be put towards it it doesn't need to be that you know it doesn't mean to be that there's like i said just start with it in schools it's and people jump on brigade and say oh they'll create bullies and this is no it doesn't because the majority of majority of kids that box don't go around the streets and start banging every because yeah. they don't need to they don't need to because they do they do that in in training they the 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 learning the discipline in the gym they leave it in the gym, you know, and you see it countless countless times how these people change. You know, kids that had gone off at rails, but boxing saved them. And every kid that ends up in jail costs us tax his taxpayers yeah. money. You know, everybody that's be, that's in jail they're not eating for free, they're not being housed for free, guards aren't being you know aren't doing the job for free. Everything comes out of taxpayers. Yeah. So surely it makes sense. And just start thinking about the future. All right, this generation and whatever you we got real issues, we got to start reversing. But you don't reverse from here all the way back straight away. It's step by step. And and I just think that that obviously I'm in it, but I'm in it. I could, I would have never have been a bad kid. I'm not that kind. Yeah. Of, I would have been the kid that that would, would just wouldn't have achieved anything in life. That's yeah. me, and so that's change my life in that sense but i train with so many people that would have been the other way yeah definitely definitely so i think that's a, a a very powerful message that a lot of people can definitely listen to and especially when it comes to higher up um yeah it's hard to hard to sort of change subject off that but um obviously i did want to rattle through um, a couple subjects um haven't yet to call haven't yet caught up with you uh about 23rd of december a massive date in saudi arabia uh, yeah. and joshua takes on otto valin and Deontay Wilder takes on Joseph Parker uh, among the list of many, many other big heavyweight uh, fights and just big fights in general. Um, excited to see this card and shocked to see uh, so many big faces on that table uh, last Wednesday. Yeah. I, do you know what? I've seen people, a lot of people criticising it and you know, and saying, oh, it's not the fights that we want. No, it's not. But yeah. it's kind of like the next best thing. You've got them all on the same show. And yeah. it can lead to somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's that's what you've got to look at. You've got to take what you can get. And I think it's fantastic. It's great. It's a great. Um, it's great. Going to be a great spectacle. 
it's going to be a great event. But to see, you know, Wilder, AJ, all these fighters, Bivol, you know, all these fighters on the same bill, yeah. it's going to be great, you know? And and like I said, hopefully it then leads on to, on to the, the fights that we want to see, that really want to see. But I ain't got a problem with any of those, you know? Um, there's some opportunities there for fighters that you'd think, oh, how, how's he got that? Yeah. Right, listen, oh, am I going to begrudge that two days before Christmas for the families? Yeah. If somebody comes along to you that, that that has never boxed that level and says, listen, you've got this opportunity, you're going to get paid this, and you're never going to, like Ludies, you're never going to earn that again in your career. Yeah. What are they going to do? Turn around and say, oh, no, no, I, I don't deserve that opportunity. Fuck that, they'll take it. Yeah. And that's what they do, good on them. You know, so you know, boxing's hard. It's very, very hard. So when when you get an opportunity that that perhaps you don't fully deserve, or perhaps is a bit out of the blue, a bit of a surprise, it's like, oh, really? Yeah. Take it, grab it, and you never know what can happen. One thing I did want to say, whilst sort of, you know, I don't begrudge anyone there for taking the highest pay that they possibly can, especially when it comes to Saudi. Is there a worry where we where we look at boxing, especially at a domestic level, where we see people sort of holding out for potential Saudi yeah. money and you know, I'm going to wait, I'm not going to take this off because I'm going to wait for Saudi. And then this also means that big fights probably aren't going to happen domestically anymore. Is there a worry for that, do you think? Yeah, that, that okay, I, I see, I see that. But I look at Saudi like, Similar to Vegas. So remember, back in the day, it was like all the big fights happened in Vegas. All the big fights were in Vegas. Now, kind of think that when this settles down, they're looking they're looking to make a splash, aren't they? Right? Yeah. So they want to grab everything. This, 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 this. But when it settles down, because I think they're in this long term, yeah. when it settles down, I think they're going to pick the cream of the crop to go over there and put the... I don't think they'll be interested in, in, you know, majority of domestic rivalries and stuff like that. I, I don't think so. I think it'll be on a world level and the big names, big, big names that are probably past that domestic rivalry that, are, that they're looking at. Um, so it'd only be like similar, perhaps a little bit worse, yeah, but similar to when Vegas was getting all the big fights. And yeah. it's like back then it was like, well, if you want to get your world title shot, you're going to have to go over to America because that's where all big yeah. fights are. That's where all big side fees are. So I think Saudi wants to be the new Vegas. Yeah. But everything else will still tick over here. And, and I do think, listen, if you're going to sit there and stall your career just on the hope that you're going to tick that box for Saudi, it's a bit of a risk. Maybe right now while they're making a splash, not. But if when they get established, then things yeah. start. You know, it's like every. It's like when um when a new promoter gets a contract, they start signing everybody. This this yeah, it. of course. And then, then it settles down, and then they're a little bit tired because then they start thinking, right, okay, let's let's be a little bit more selective. Who we who we, you know, sign and be able to give dates to. So maybe it'll end up like that. I don't know. Definitely. Touching on the uh, topic of Anthony Joshua, this fight he's teaming up with Ben Davison. Um, apparently, been in yeah. you know, claims of him being in the frame for sort of a past couple of fights. Um, this being his third trainer in four fights, um, you know, is that you know, sort of a, a, a decision of someone that doesn't really know what they're doing, don't really know what path they're on? And um, do you look at it as that with the sort of constant switching of trainers? I think, I think with AJ, it's not. It's not just a case about switching trainers. I feel as though um, I just feel he's. I don't know the man, but just from seeing how he is and and things that have gone on before, I feel as though 
he, he, val- he likes to get as many opinions as he can for anybody. Yeah. Coming up to a fight, he'll be asking all sorts of people their opinion on, on, on uh, you know, what do you think of this fight? How do you think I should approach it? This, this, this. So it's a man that, that likes to gather as many different opinions for himself. Um, do I think it's a, a good thing chopping and changing trainers like that? I don't think so because you keep having to to get used to somebody else yeah. and somebody else's ways. And he, he, even if even if you went from a head coach to the assistant coach, assistant to that yeah. head coach, the assistant will have different ways. Yeah, you know he he'll is assisting him, so he'll still. But in his own mind, if he gets his own fighter, he'll ch- he'll change a few things that the head coach does because he has his own opinions. So every coach is going to see things differently, you know. Um, some may be similar, but still have some differences, and and some may be like miles apart. Um, ultimately, it doesn't matter what me, promoters, journalists, anybody thinks about what AJ is doing. Right? It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, does he feel as though he needs to keep chopping and changing trainers? If that's the case. Let him do it, and he will either succeed or fail on his decisions. Um, if you go back, fighters in America, they used to do it. You know, yeah. I think Cotto's had a few cha- trainers. I think De La Hoya had a few trainers. I think you know a lot. A lot of fighters in America did that. Some it worked, some it didn't. And again, that's the thing, and that's and that's the that's the the risk that you're running is is. Are you going to gel with them in that time? And now you, is that coach going to get the best out of you? Ultimately, I just think that AJ needs somebody that he can trust 100% yeah. and he's comfortable with when shit's going wrong. Not when it's going right. Yeah. When shit's going wrong. Does he trust that man that's looking in his eyes and telling him, listen, you can get through this if you do this? Mm-hmm. If he can trust that man fully, go out there, relax, and let it flow, then it's a good fit. Ultimately, you won't know that he could go out there and 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 blast Otto Wallin and look a million dollars, and everyone's raving. Oh, what a great move! This, 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 yeah. and they could fight the next fight, and he he could just go to pieces, puff, and that's it. Yeah. And when things start going wrong, you can't pull it back. Can you pull it back when it's going wrong? We don't know. And ultimately, that's AJ's AJ's decision. Yeah. That's what he's got. He's going to live and die by, and his career will, will, will flourish or it'll falter on those those decisions. It's the same as anybody, you know. But what I will say, Ben, the setup with Lee Wiley, everything. It's a, the, yeah, it's not like it's not like the numpties. Yeah. You know I mean, the, the 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 good coaches, um, and then you know, and they're having success. So does it? Does it? It. But it, this is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter if you have the world's best coach and the world's best fighter. If they can't gel together and mesh, yeah. and if you can't get the best out of each other, it doesn't matter. Which is yeah. why sometimes you have the best fighters in the world and you didn't know who that coach was. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it might yeah. be his dad, or it might be some, you know, a nondescript coach. That all of a sudden, it's like, fucking hell, who's he? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's what can you get out of the fighter? Do you know what I mean? The fighter ultimately. You can't, you know, you, 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 if the fighter's dog shit, don't listen, not willing to learn, you can't do anything with them. Definitely, absolutely. Sticking on the uh, topic of Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabian events, um, we did see the press conference for Tyson Fury with Alexander Rusik, February 17th is the date. 
Um, what did you make of Fury's behaviour at the press conference? Seems to be very aggressive towards Usyk. Uh, people sort of coming out saying, "Oh, I've never seen Fury like this," which is a, sort of a typical thing to say. But what did you really, really? make of it? Yeah, but people people say I've never seen him like this. I I thought that's what he's like like one day yeah. and then he's sound next day and then he's back to like he's I don't see this I don't get the surprise. Yeah. In oh never seen him like this. Well, we kind of have. He's 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 always had that where if he wants to go at somebody and 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 ripping an, a new arsehole and fucking insulting with everything, it does. He I, I find it. It, it, that's why he is what he is. That's why he's the personality that he is, and and he's as big as what he is. Because if he was polite and quiet every every fight, he wouldn't be the 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 name that he yeah. is. You know. Um, what do I think of it? It's not. It's not my cup of tea because it's like, he's he's, it's um, all the little personal insults. And stuff. I think they're very very, uh, schoolyard bully type yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, that's how I see it. Um, but it's fury. It's what he is. And then the next time I meet him, it, it might be dead charming and stuff like. That. It depends what yeah. mood he's in. Depends what mood he's in. And also, he's there to sell a fight. Yeah. So it is what it is. Listen, none of that shit makes a difference for Usyk. Yeah. I've always said he will not get into Usyk's head. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't beat him, but what I'm saying is the mind games will not work on Alexander Usyk. Yeah. What might work. Is the fact that it don't work on Usyk might actually fuck him, fuck his own head up, and yeah. that that might be something that goes into fight. And just breaking this fight down, um, when you look at Alexander Usyk's <coughs> last performance against Daniel Dubois, people did have sort of a lot of criticisms against it. Um, people had a lot of criticisms of Tyson Fury's last performance against France and Garnu. Um, does this make for a, 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 it's a, it's an interesting fight anyway? Does this make for an in, a more interesting fight because we know that you know it's very very 100%. even now. Hundred percent because you don't you don't know. Was listen, the Ngannou thing. I think what people are underestimating is the power of surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, surprise is a big thing. And Garner were looking at our slow years, saying, "I'm looking at him on pads. I'm thinking, fucking hell, Tyson's yeah. gonna be able to do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> He'll be able to watch this shit coming at him, and it won't make it. And he'll just be." Parrying, slipping, sliding, playing with this guy, right? Comes to fight night, it was nothing like the pads. Yeah. Surprise, motherfucker. That's it. You know, yeah. it's a big, big surprise. And to try and then, it's when you take somebody so, so lightly, and then all of a sudden, they're so much better than what you thought, or they're, doing, they're not what you thought they were going to be, mentally, to be able to change that gear is very, very hard. People think it's easy. It's not. It's very, very hard. You saw it with uh, we we Bentley with Heaney other night. Yeah. You know, you, when you think something's gonna be one, oh, I've just got to go out there and just blast this guy out, end it whenever I want, and it doesn't happen that way. It's like fucking hell, yeah. and and they're in that rhythm then, and then they're, all of a sudden they're thinking, yeah. I've just got to keep this rhythm. And um, the other thing that I think with Ngannou as well, again, completely different to Usyk, is I've always said Fury's advantages and the reason why he's achieved what he is is because he's so big and so long. Yeah. Yes, he's got the skills, but if I generally think that if he was just a normal six foot three, six foot four heavyweight, you probably wouldn't murder him. Yeah, I think, I think fucking McDermott had definitely beaten him, and people like that yeah. on the way through, you know. But it's the fact that he's so big, so long, and he can he can lean on you, he can do it. There is massive advantages. When he boxed Ngannou, Ngannou, I didn't know. Just watching it, I was like, the length of Ngannou's arms. 
as it turns out, he's got the same reach, right? Yeah. And because he's got the same reach, Tyson wasn't confident throwing the shots and getting back out. So he was hesitant. He was hes- he was second guessing himself because he knew that it was going to get clipped on the back on the way back out. Yeah. When he's in with guys that are shorter or got shorter reach, he's got that time and he's got that 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 range that he can do what he wants. Literally, Usyk's not got the same length arms as what Ngannou's got, and I will still say that Usyk, for me, ability wise, he's got all the tools in the book to beat yeah. Fury. But it goes back to page one on this fight. Fury's going to have all the physical advantage again. Just that leaning all over him and shit like that and tying him up, walking him back, just pulling down on him if he get, if Usyk gets close. And then Usyk's got a closer range, landing shots, get out of the range before he's getting cl- clamped back. It's very, very tough. It's tough for Usyk. Yeah. But maybe the wear and tear's catching up on Fury. We don't know. That's why it's such a good fight because yeah. you generally still don't know. Absolutely, definitely. Dave, just wanted to say thank you for taking time to speak to me. Appreciate uh, you fitting me in time with uh, with your son no training worries, in this car. Appreciate it, mate. It's been been very, very enjoyable Zoom today, man. Appreciate the time. Cheers, mate. Anytime. Stop, man. Thank you, mate. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.